Um, here at Journey, we like to take a little bit of time to pray together, not just worship together, but pray together. Um, and there's a lot of things that have been going on. We've been having our fast the last couple of weeks. Um, and I know that God's been doing things in my life and the people that I talk to and our God's been doing some things in your world. And so um, we just want to take a moment and kind of lay those down at God's feet, whether they're good or bad. The word tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so if you're having a great week, we want to bring that to God. If you're just having the worst week ever, we also want to stand with you and bring that to God today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, for who you are. We thank you that you are a God um, that is great in our high seasons and in our low seasons, Father. God, we thank you that you are present in each stage of our life, in each day of our life, God. So, Lord, we give you the great things that are going on, and we give you the horrible things that are going on in our life, God. And we just say, have your way. God, above all else, we pray that we would just sense your presence and we would feel you in the midst of our days. We love you so much. We give you everything that we have. In Jesus' name.
ahead and have a seat. My name is Allison. For those of you who don't know me, um, I have been going here to Journey for about four years now. And um, when I first started here, it was kind of like I just would come in and I needed just to be a sponge to just every week absorb everything that um, I was hearing because I was in a place in my life that I was in transition and healing and I just really wasn't open to anything but just to come in, let me be in the corner, don't talk to me, let me just have my time with God and go. And then I just continued to do that every week and I really felt like I needed to do more. And um, I was encouraged to step out and to get involved, but it wasn't really um, just something that I felt comfortable with because I just felt like I had more healing to do. Well, as the years have gone by, it's been heavy on my heart um, to put on this prom. So with Dave's approval, I um, submitted all of our, our application to uh, to unite to shine and we were selected and um i didn't know that through stepping out not only physically stepping out tonight to shine it required me more than just physically stepping out i spiritually had to step out i had to physic to step out and ask everyone around me to step out with me but in doing that um it made me grow as a person i realized that my life was so busy that, and I was saying that I was praying every day, but I was only praying in my head. And I read a devotional that said, how can you pray if it's just in your head and not in your heart? And I said, and how can God hear your, your prayers if he can't, if you're not here, f feeling it and hearing it in your heart, how can he not feel it in his? And so just with that, and really just taking the steps of giving it all to God and God knowing the desires of my heart for this prom and really like stepping out has provided me like just a deeper love and deeper connection with him with just people in general with for me as a mother for me as just a person that i have seen the best in this community come out preparing for this prom and we am, it's just excited to see my little vision and what God knew was on my heart and he to give him the lead and then him to work through me to work through everyone. So I just want to encourage everyone that if you're if you have some desire, step out, but step out physically, but more step out and give it all to God. So I just want to invite the ushers up and say a prayer. Um, dear God, thank you for um, getting me through that. <laughs> thank you for um, uh, for this, for what um, being here, welcome, like with family, friends that have um, been here with my journey, as I never thought that I could stand here on stage and talk in front, but I do have a story to tell, and and I'm helping others, and thank you, and just I hope you can bless everybody that has that little desire or something inside to do something to step out emotionally, physically, and just guide them because you are our provider and you guide us in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, and I get to do announcements too. Okay, 
Okay, we have our marriage retreat. It is on March 22nd through 24th. It's um, grounded, and the deposit is due, was due, on January 18th. So if you have any questions, go to the hotspot, and you can get um, all your answers um, answered over there. And 21-day fast. Um, I was able to be a part of last Tuesday's prayer um, night and worship night, and it was really amazing. We all gathered here and circled and held hands and just really prayed. And um, you could really feel um, how God's doing really big things in this world, I mean, in our church, in this world, in this community. So I invite everyone to come out on Tuesday to kind of end the 21-day fast together, and then we can put... Um, Tyler was saying that we could just pray out loud about how God has worked with us in the 21 days. This is the first year I actually did the complete, like, 21-day fast. And I did it, parts of it through the years, but to really commit and give it all and spend that extra time really praying and focusing um, has really I, has changed my life. And it has made me, um, I don't know, things that I didn't think were capable of or that... I've been seeing through this 21 days that I am capable of doing it. So. I just said that. So prayer night, if you guys want to come out on prayer night on Tuesday, um, 6.30 to 7.30 here at the church. We'll have all the chair, few chairs moved out and we'll just circle around and be together. Um, this is our social media page. Um, we have Journey. Um, this is Instagram. Instagram, I believe, so I've really liked it. Actually, one of, um, on day 13, I really loved that, what was put up about being humble and really humbling ourselves to really give it to God, and that also related to what I've been feeling and what I've been going through is just really giving him the commander chair to lead you, and in leading you, you can lead others, and things will, you know, come of that, so... I really like that. So connect with us. We have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And you can um, really get connected. And it's good to see people on there. I really liked when um, Ty encouraged us to put, like, how God's working with us. I wish more people would have done that because it really would have been good to see, like, everybody posting. So I really encourage you to do that. Then, well, of course, there's Night to Shine. So that's February 8th. It's Friday, February 8th. And actually, I'm excited to say that we have closed registration as of this morning, and we've reached 150 guests have signed up to come to Night to Shine. So with that, as of last night, we had 112 buddies. So we are in search of 36 more buddies. So if you feel that you want to come out and enjoy your, the night and give somebody a night to remember, please, 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 I encourage you to sign up. Um, we have a training today at 5 o'clock at Lancaster First Assembly, and you can get all the information. I'll be there. I'll be breaking it down. I just really encourage you. It's anyone with physical and mental disabilities, and once you hear the stories on some of these people, it's just overwhelming to, to hear their story, and I just think that there's so much love, and if you 
want to be ready, come out and join us to give them this amazing night. So now I encourage everybody to stand up, say hi, shake a hand, give a hug, and Dave will be up shortly. Hey, you know, this is what I want you guys to know, that um, we love that people come every now and then and say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to help out and, uh, you know, I'm willing to do announcements or something. And when Allison said she wanted to do announcements, I'm like, yes. But you can tell she's like saying, oh, Lord, thank you. I got through that. It's tough, right? Getting up in front of people is tough. And I'm so proud of you, Allison. Well done. But this is the thing. Is, um, man, isn't it interesting communication? It's, uh, it's quite an interesting thing. One of the things that we need to be really, really good at as people, and today I'm going to talk about communication in a different way. Communication, because it's one thing to stand up and talk and be able to be understood. It's one thing to be a good communicator in that you put your words together correctly, and somebody told me this week, well, I want you to tell them because you tell them better. You know, it's like, because, okay, so I have um, maybe arranged my words differently or whatever, but we all have skills and we can all add to our skills. We can all improve. That's one of the great things about communication. You can improve. Whatever level of communicator you are right now, you can improve. It takes a little guts and just determination. But here's one of the things that I'm, you know, really curious about more and more. I realize there are those who can talk well, but you know what's just as valuable a skill that so few people possess? Listening well. I mean, you can sit there and nod your head. That's not listening, okay? That's cheating. It's just this kind of thing where you just kind of, you know, that kind of look like, yeah, sure, I'm with you, I'm whatever. Um, But typically, the listening is much, much different than what we perceive. What's going on when somebody is doing this, you have no idea what's going on in here. Because too often what's taking place, if it's like in a marriage conversation and you've heard it before, what you're hearing, it's like the Charlie Brown, you know, and you're just kind of nodding your head, okay, honey, yes, honey. Or it could be that, like, I want to hear every word you say. See, when you're dating, it's the lean in and the eyes up and the like, oh, this is so interesting. It's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Soup is tasty. I love this. Let's talk more. You know, you're just leaning in over a meal. And yet when you've been at it a long time, it's easy to just kind of tune out, to lean back, and to just take a posture of, I'm not really into this. Listening is a skill. And today I want to talk about listening to God and how God talks to us. We're in the series we're talking about first and how God has called us to place our priorities around this thing called the new kingdom. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these other things will be added. All the things we're pursuing are the things God wants to give us. He says he's a good dad and he wants to 
pour his good gifts on his kids. He loves us. But he said that he wants us to get our priorities straight. And when our world is, is basically revolving around the kingdom and what God is doing, then everything else falls into place and makes sense. If we make our world about us and what we're doing, then everything is in chaos and constant friction. We can't quite get the center right because it's all out of balance. Like when a tire gets a bump on it, one of those you know, spots where it starts separating, it starts going, gazoom, gazoom, gazoom. that's how your life is when you don't have the center around God. So Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Paul said, more than anything else in the world, I want to know Christ. I want to put him at the center of everything I do, and I want my whole life to be about this one thing, to know him and to pursue him. So that's what we're doing in this series today. How do we, how do we talk to God? Last week we talked about prayer where we give God our information and our side of the conversation, but how do we participate in listening and have God have part of the conversation? How do we get through so God talks to us? So that's where we want to go today. And um, yeah, think about that. Scripture is interesting. It talks about how the Bible, you know, the Bible is one way God speaks. In, J in John chapter 1, it says the Word was with God and the Word was God. You know, the Word became flesh. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Logos. It's Jesus is the living, literal words of God. He's representing all that God is and all that God wants to say. And so there's that way. But God speaks to us in so many different ways. In Scripture, I love that he gives us, I mean, it's not just one way. It's like every different person seems to get some new and creative way in the Old Testament. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Jacob through an angel. He spoke to Joseph through his dreams. He spoke to the nation of Israel through a cloud. He spoke to Balaam through a jackass. And people say, does God still work like that every Sunday? Right here. Just kidding. That deserves a ring. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. Sorry. Help me, Joe. Tell me what to do. So, Job 33, 14 the Job, Job is talking with some of his friends. He's having this conversation, and they said, here's, here's the thing. God speaks in different ways, but here's the problem. We don't always recognize his voice. God speaks in different ways. But isn't that the truth? Isn't that the hard thing? Is that we don't always recognize his voice. He's telling us things, and we just kind of go about our business because we're not on the receiving end. The thing is, we need to work on our reception. When I was in football in high school, um, one of the things they decided was that I wasn't a very good, you know, tackle. I tried on, you know, offensive line and all that, but I was 140 pounds soaking wet, and I was facing guys who were 250 that had, you know, hair down to their knees, and um, I think I had my first one, and I was like, I'm a man, you know, and I was in this, and I was completely ill-equipped for this, this sport. I was far too small for being on the strike, but I was one of those guys that just loved to hit people and loved to do just like faster and faster and faster and go, go, go. So they let me play, but they put me at the wide receiver after they tried me everywhere else and put me as wide receiver. And what I learned really quickly is there's two parts to this game, the wide receiver game. There's the uh, ball that's thrown and there's the guy who's there to catch it. And my job, I don't care how good the pass is. I don't care how direct, how beautiful, with a spiral spinning, and it's just tapered just right, and it falls. If I'm not in the reception position, I don't get the pass. And this is the way it is with the kingdom. This is the way it is with God. If God's communicating and you're not in the place to receive it, it doesn't matter. No touchdown, no reception. 
So it's the same thing with your cell signal. You block, you in the, you're in the wrong place, no signal. This is why God is so clear about certain things in Scripture, and we're going to cover some of that today, because I want you to walk out of here understanding that I can hear from God. I can actually communicate with this eternal, invisible, powerful all-maker of everything. So let me just kind of go over a few ways that God speaks, and, and then we're going to kind of turn the corner a little bit about how we receive. If we want to get in the right position, God speaks through the Scriptures. Number one, everybody knows this. You've heard it a million times, but it's so important. Tyler even went over it this morning. Tyler was telling us in our pre-service gathering with our team members, our volunteers, man, God's Word is where it's all at. The Scriptures are where we get everything. That's where we get all our direction. David said it this way in Psalms 119. Your Word is a lamp to guide me. And a light from my path. Your word, that's how I find where I'm going in a very confusing, dark world. It's kind of like I need that beam of light to tell me this is where you should be. Second Timothy, Paul tells Timothy this. Everything in the scriptures is God's word. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people uh, and helping people and for correcting them and showing them how to live. You want to know how to live? Paul's saying, listen, you're not going to get any better than the scriptures. You have to get right from the source the way to live. So the Bible, we call it the, the, the word, the scriptures, the holy book, you know, all those kinds of things. But the point is, if you're not spending time in this book, you're obviously not in a position to receive the primary things that God is trying to deliver to you. And I'll be honest with you, I can tell in my life when I'm not in a good reception position because I feel really stale and I feel a little bit like God's not a part of what I'm doing and like God's kind of walked out on me or like this, this is just a one-way street. And when I'm not in the scriptures and when I'm not really in a position to receive through the word, I feel like God doesn't really care about me all that much. It's weird where your mind goes when you're not connected to his daily voice. That's why the scriptures have to be a daily part of my life. Otherwise, I get thinking all kinds of things, and I just kind of get going on my own path, and it's easy just day by day, decision by decision, to get like this away from the path. It doesn't start like you're just going to take a 90-degree turn and just off the path. Most of us, we just go about our business, and little by little by little, we drift. And that's why the Scriptures are the path. It's just the light that brings us right back to the center of God's will. And this thing about the Scriptures, both the Old and New Testaments are given to us in order for us to understand God, in order to understand ourselves, understand the story we're in, understand the beginning and what happened to us and where we're at in the story and where it's going to all end. This is eternal stuff. It's that important. And this is where I know that God speaks to me more than any other way. He speaks to me in the scriptures. And when I sometimes just put on the version Bible reading app when I'm on a drive or when I'm just kind of in a place where I can just sit and think. It's amazing how much power I feel kind of entering my life when I'm in Scripture. Let me just tell you, if you don't know, I'm, I'm a, big, uh, a big how guy. I, I want to know how to do those things. So if you don't know where to begin, if you're kind of like, this is, this is intimidating, it's really hard, it's really confusing, just pick up the version app. version, Y-O-U version. It's a Bible reading app that has thousands of plans and they can take you through their devotionals i'm um I've, I'm doing a different one this year i always do the read through the bible 
Um, but I also like to do just kind of miscellaneous readings. But this one has a devotional at the beginning that this guy with a, I mean, you talk about a posh English accent. This guy's got it. And it, I'm telling you, he's, he kind of outlines everything you're going to read that day, kind of gives you some foundation, some, some thought and where it's going, what it's about, what to take away from, and then the readings. And it's really, really powerful. So three R's about the scriptures. Read it daily. Now, be realistic. You're probably not going to read, you know, 10 chapters if you're a beginner. Start like Genesis is the beginning of the story. It tells us where we come from, what happened, and then the whole digression from there. That's the Old Covenant, the Old Testament that was written to prepare us for the coming of Messiah. It was teaching people how to walk with God before Jesus came on the earth to represent God himself. And that's really, really important stuff. It tells you about the nature of God and the whole story. But, but then we get to... The New Testament, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so forth. And that's the story of Jesus, God coming to earth to complete the Old Testament commandments as well as to fulfill the prophecies and to show us what God is like in skin. That's where we want to pick it up. So read. Get in the scriptures. If you want to read somewhere, start in John. Genesis, again, beginning of the story. John tells you the story of Jesus and the relationship we have with him, what God intends for us. And then just go right on through. You want to get some really crazy stuff? Read Revelation. The kick. Oh, the dragon and, you know, the, the lady and the beast and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be so fun. You'll love it. But start somewhere where it makes sense and get a translation that you can read. King James is obviously a really, really great tra translation. It was written, obviously, for, you know, many, many, many centuries ago and uh, in their language. There's a lot of these and thousand lords and stuff, and, and those things may not translate real well to where you're at. So the NIV is a really good translation. NLT, New Living Translation. ESV, uh, English Standard Version, that's a really, really good one. The New American Standard, there's a lot of really good translations. But get one that you can read. For devotional reading, I recommend the New Living Translation, NLT. Just for devotional reading because it makes sense. It's so clear. Get a good readable translation. Right on the YouVersion app. They're all available. You can pick which one you want to read with. So read. Second R. Reflect. What is this saying? What was he saying to them? Who was the audience that's supposed to be receiving this? So what was God's point to them? Now, what is God saying to me? So you need to really think. It's not just what did God say to them, but reflect. Think about it. Don't just read it, throw the thing in, the, in your handbag and take off. Think about it. Give it a moment to really distill into your spirit and say, okay, God, what is it you're saying? I, I get what you were saying to the children of Israel, or I get what you were saying to the New Testament, you know, followers of Jesus. What are you saying to me? How do I, the final thing is respond, three R's. So read, reflect, respond. How do I do this? How do you want me to live this out? And throughout my day, God, I just pray that you would help me to understand how I put this into use. A.W. Tozer, talking about the scriptures, said, the word of God, once spoken, continues to speak. In other words, the written words of God aren't dead. They're not just paper and uh, ink. They continue to speak as a child once born continues to be alive. Or a world once created continues to exist. And those are but imperfect illustrations. For children die and worlds burn out, but the word of our God endures forever. If you would know the Lord... Come at once to the open Bible, expecting it to speak to you. Do not come with the notion that this is a thing 
but you may push around at your convenience. It is more than a thing. It is a voice. It is a word. It is the very living words of God. I love that. God speaks through his scripture. God also speaks through gifted teachers. There are people who are given gifts. And this is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Christ gifted some to be apostles, prophets, missionaries, pastors, and teachers. Why did he make those gifts for those people? So that his people would learn to serve and his body would grow strong. See, God wants you to grow strong. God wants you to learn. God wants you to mature. And that's why you have to get people who are, who are gifted with communication, gifted with understanding and breaking down some of the, the scriptures and taking some complex concepts and making them doable. So this is one of the things that teachers do. This is what the job of a pastor is. He sits and he spends time distilling, reading, thinking, praying, and going through commentaries, going through languages, and he comes back with, this is my best take on what the scriptures are saying and how we distill it down to what we do. How do we live this? God speaks through gifted teachers. That's why I recommend if you don't have any podcasts, you pick some up. If you miss a Sunday, you want to pick it up, we have all our services online. You can pick them up on our website, avjourney.com. You also can get them on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of resources, but I would just say that there, there's probably a certain style that fits you. I mean, some people like the fiery, just, you know, pound the pulpit, get up in your business kind of preaching. There's tons of those on the Internet. Some of you like just a verse-by-verse -verse communication, just a teaching that just kind of breaks it all down and goes into great depth about the tense of the verbs and all these things. There are those guys who do that. Some of you guys want really practical, how do I live this stuff? What, is it, what does it mean to the average person? There are guys who do that. And let me just recommend, there's people like David Jeremiah, a great Bible scholar, there's Craig Rochelle, just really, really practical. There's John Tyson, a thinking uh, theologian, but also a very practical theologian. There's so many good teachers out there. Andy Stanley, um, John, uh, John Ortberg. Read good books. Don't just listen to good preaching, but read good books. I'm telling you, my family and I, we like to read. And so there are seasons of my life that honestly... It's like every season, God knows just what I need in Scripture and then a resource that comes alongside it just to go, boom, you need a little extra punch for that. And there's, and there's books in every season of my life and kind of go back and think through those, those places where I was struggling, those places I was like trying to find my way, those places where I'm like, God, what next? What do I do now? And what's your plan? And when there was just a resource, a book, a Christian author or somebody that just came along and just usually for me, they're the ancient ones or some of the older stuff, but it's just like right here, right now. Speaking God's words. And I just love that. Gifted teachers. God also speaks through godly friends and family. God puts certain people around you in your sphere of influence and your, your sphere of receiving. He wants them to be part of your life. And the story is that we're to do this together. That's what the whole point of the New Testament talking about the one another's are. is because we're supposed to be doing this together. And you need to be connecting with people who are on the same journey in the same place as you. And people that are trying to get through the same problems and face the same challenges. People. That's why you need a church and a family. Not just a place to attend, but people you do like. Proverbs 12, 26 says, The godly give, good, give wise advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. You want to know which they are? Find out where you go when you're with them. Which direction do you tend to go with those people? 
Which is it wiser when you leave them? He's like, I'm better. I think clearer. I see clearer. I feel better. Like I'm, I'm more of the person I want to be when I'm with them. Or are you leaving there thinking it again? flow of the river and you're just being taken on a ride and you need to decide for yourself what direction your life takes not by just cutting out everybody in your life that isn't just like you but by purposely placing in your life those people who are going to guide you and lead you and lean into you when you need to be put under a little bit of a reminder now that's not good I, I believe more for you than that that's not where you need to be right now <clears throat> that's a powerful gift Proverbs 12, 15. Stupid people always think they're right. Wise people listen to advice. Which are you? I mean, I just love... Solomon is so practical. Stupid. You know, I mean, just puts it right out there. Which one are you? Stupid, smart. Your choice. But this is what I love about Scripture. I mean, it just doesn't pull any punches. It just says what needs to be said right to our face. Surround yourself with people seeking God first. The same orientation of you. I'm orienting my life around this new kingdom. The ways of Jesus and his rule in my life, I want to be with people who are doing the same. I want to be with people who encourage that in my life. So surround yourself with them. Four, God speaks through pain. Oh yeah, we know this one. I have learned more through this one than probably a lot of the other ones combined, except for you know the, the scriptures. Because I'm really not sometimes attentive to what is going on in God's plan and I'm thinking I'm in God's plan and God has a way of correcting me to his plan when I think I'm on it and I'm not and sometimes it requires a little more help sometimes the only way God gets our attention is by allowing our lives to hit a wall where we say that hurt I don't want to do that anymore there's a better way and that's why sometimes like the season I just went through when you when you push your body and you don't listen to anybody's advice you're like oh I've got this I've got this I know myself I know my body I know whatever you may and you may just be telling yourself that before you crash and it's a really good thing if you pull back and say why am I hurting so here's here's the thing you need to understand about did you know that where you're hurting is where God wants to speak to you so right now, if you've got pain in your life, that's where God is present because God speaks through our pain. God speaks through our, our calamities. God speaks through our difficulties. Not that God causes them, but God is a voice in that place for redirection of our life. Did you know C.S. Lewis said it this way? Pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Pain is the way God gets our attention. Psalms, I'm sorry, Proverbs 20 again, back to Solomon. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Amen. Psalms 119, David said, the suffering you sent was good for me. I mean, this could be my words. For it taught me to pay attention to your principles. This is so powerful. We've learned more from pain than we would in our lives from, do, from, from the good times. I don't know about you, but I learned more from the hard times than from the good times. And that is why sometimes God has to allow it in our lives. We think that's such a mean dad, but... It's actually sometimes the only way we learn. Number five, God speaks through silence. That's a weird thing. How does he do that? First Kings chapter 19, Elijah was out doing God's work. He just finished this big showdown on the mountain. He had this incredible, you know, controversial 
fire from heaven moment where God just brings fire down and all these other priests, you know, are worshiping their false gods and they, they get shown up and it's like, this is now God's man. He showed him as God's man, but then Jeremiah goes into a time of real depression and discouragement. <clears throat> he finds himself out in the wilderness and he's seeking to know what God has next for him and God takes him through a series of experiences. One was an earthquake where the earth just goes and he's on Mount Horeb and this thing, it's just like rocks falling everywhere and he's hidden in a cave and then God sends the wind and the wind just blasts the whole canyon like sandblasting a, you know, paint off your car. It's just like unbelievable power and then God unleashes the fire that just kind of consumes this whole area and then, and then there was no voice but there was nothing. There was just these experiences and then he's sitting there. God was, he, he said God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. God was not in the wind, earth, wind and fire. He, but he was in. Then came a still, small voice. In the silence. In the silence. He heard the whispers of God begin to speak to him. Renewing his heart. Renewing his hope. Renewing, renewing his direction. And I'm just telling you, some of you, the hardest thing for you right now is you're in the middle of the earthquake. You're in the middle of the fire. You're in the middle of the hurricane. You have so much going on around you that you cannot, your spirit is not still enough to receive what God is speaking. The voice of God, He will not compete with things you choose to put in front of Him. He will not force Himself in. He will use a lot of tools and He will get your attention, but it is ultimately your decision, my decision, if we will listen. And sometimes the way God speaks to me, the loudest is in silence. That is one of the reasons I love watching the sunrise in silence. I love watching sunsets in silence. I love spending time just looking over the valley in silence because it's in those moments that I get to once again take in the grandeur and the beauty and the greatness of God. And in those moments, I'm reminded of who He is and who I'm serving. God speaks in silence. The final way God speaks, He speaks through His Holy Spirit by prompting us. He gives us little nudges, little urges, little senses of His activity. And this is what Jesus is talking about, John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher, and you will bring and he and, and will bring to mind all that I have said to you. Jesus is talking about what the Bible calls our counselor. That the Holy Spirit of God comes in and he wants to be our counselor, our teacher, our guide. It's kind of like your own life coach. It's like your own personal, you know, therapist. That the, the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit comes into the believer. And he takes up residence in us. And as we go about our day, when we're tuned in, when we're in a receiving position, we're in the right mind frame and ready to receive from God, that the promptings of the Spirit are ways to navigate our daily lives. And this is the one. This is the one I want to camp on probably for the rest of our time here because I want you to know that, that I believe some of you are living the most dull Christian experience ever. And that's probably why a lot of church people at a lot of churches are such grumpy people. Because they got all these rules and all these regulations, but they don't have any of this relationship that's bringing them into life. And the life that I'm talking about is the interactive relationship you have with God that is available to you. The sense of God's directing you, the sense of God's moving you. And I have struggled with this. I have struggled with this because I want deliberate, loud, in my face... Tell me, just tell me right up front. I don't, I don't want to search for it. I don't want to have to guess at it. I just want, just tell me. And God doesn't work that way. He's not going to be told by me how he's to tell me. He's going to, he's going to lead me. 
And for me to tune down my activity, because that's my first go-to, is if I don't know, then work harder, then do more, then find the next thing, then attack a problem. And so many times God's saying, but have you even listened? I have something to say, and this is my struggle, and this is the one that I want to just kind of spend a little time on. Because if you take away the relationship, God's communicating, God's daily promptings, God's nudging in you, in your heart, in a direction for your daily life. If you take away those inner senses of God's activity, it seems all you're left with is just cold, lifeless creeds and laws. And that's what a lot of religious people, a lot of Christian people are stuck with, and that's why they're miserable. All they find is they've just got to keep the rules until they die and go to heaven. And then it's good. But here it's not. Here it's a struggle. And that's because we're missing out on the relationship. And if you take that relationship out, you've got nothing that brings joy. But inject an ongoing dialogue with the Almighty God throughout the course of every day. I I mean, just tune yourself into the whispers of God and develop the ability to hear Him and discern Him and pretty much decide you're going to follow Him. And pretty soon your faith begins to awaken. This is where I'm at in my personal life again. It's just coming out of seasons of activity and do, do, do to a season of listen, to a season of still, to a season of I want to hear your voice again, the whispers of God. I want to be involved in the ongoing drama that you're, this incredible world that you are right now in the process of renewing and bringing under your rule, under the reign of Christ. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to wait till heaven. See, most churches talk about heaven as if it's some place that you go to if you're good, the good place. When the scriptures talk about heaven as a place, a reality that we begin to live in the moment we take on Jesus' life and begin to walk with him. The new kingdom is among us. Jesus said the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. The kingdom is here. We begin to walk in it. It's, it's a partly here, partly later. It's partly now, partly then. But we've begun to experience it. And this is why we have to get so good at tuning in to the voice of God. You inject that into my life, almighty God, prompting, directing, moving me in ways that he can position me for an ultimate experience, a touchdown in my daily life, then things come to life. Then it doesn't feel like just this boring, dead religion. In my life, I've probably had four or five instances where I felt like God just spoke to me and it was like, I can, I can stand on this the day I die. God prompted me. God told me. God, God moved me in a direction where I know. And it wasn't a voice. I've never heard the voice of God. Not in, not in a sense like an audible voice, but I have heard the promptings and leading of God. And there are four or five times that I would say, I could not, I could not do otherwise. I felt like I had to move in this direction or else consequences were dire. One of them, I've told this uh, years ago about Lori and I, when we were dating, I was in uh, Costa Mesa going to college. And she came down one weekend to, to visit. And with some friends and we were out one night at the um at the beach down at newport beach and we like to go down to newport i just love the ocean so we were walking it was night it was like the, the moon was over the ocean and we we're just kind of walking hand in hand on the sand off away from the pier and and i just as we're talking just having such a good time i hadn't seen her in quite a while so i was so excited we're just catching up we're passing by there's just kind of like a dark lump in the in the darkness just back a ways in the sand and here's the ocean over here and we're just kind of walking i'm like Felt one of those, ding, a nudge. I'm like, huh. I looked a couple times and sounded like, so we kept walking. And I kept thinking, well, that's weird. You know, 
why do I feel inclined to go back over there? But I did. And the farther I walked, the more I felt like I've got to go back over there and talk to that person. God wants me to tell them that he loves them. I'm like, where's this coming from? You know, I'm with Lori. No, I'm with you. This is, I'm, I'm wanting to tell you God loves you and I love you and I'm so glad you're here and this is the best and isn't this romantic? And no, God, what do you, and the farther I walked, the further I'm like, no, you have to turn around. I turned around. I'm like, ah, oh, Lori, I don't know what to tell you. I need to, go, I need to go talk to this person. So we went and turned and I just felt like, Something was up, so I went, and there was a, a woman sitting in the sand, just kind of, her legs spread, and she was just kind of oh, looking down at the ground, and, and we began trying to talk to her, and just, so I just feel like I need to tell you, God loves me. God doesn't love me. God doesn't, and notice she looked like she was writing on her, on her hands, and I'm like, what is she doing? And after a couple interactions, pretty soon she just kind of went like this and just collapsed over in the sand. And... So we jumped in to see what was going on, and she would have been splitting her wrists. And it wasn't ink, it was blood. And we ran, and we were able to get emergency help. I mean, there was like a police officer circling right there in the parking lot, right when we got there, was able to get an ambulance right to her. And in that moment, I realized the dire situation of refusing the promptings of God. There are consequences to when we say no to God. They're not always somebody's life. I don't know whatever happened to the woman. We never found out. She was taken away in an ambulance. I could not track her down. I never could find out anything more. But here's what I do know, that that moment that God prompted me, he meant it. Because here's the thing about our God. He's concerned about every single person in our world. And the person right next to you may be the person that God is trying to speak to. And you're the voice. And you're the person. And the prompting comes to you. And that's why I'm like, I mean, these are huge implications for following the promptings of God. Let me add that most of God's leadings are, are, are just little mid-course corrections throughout the day. They're just a little adjust your attitude here and, man, tell, tell them you're sorry there. And you need to respond to that person in need and those kinds of things. One thing I know for certain is, though, if we truly want to have these encounters with God, we have to be fully yielded to God so that he knows he can trust us. He can count on us when he calls. He wants to bless our socks off. He wants to bring us into this incredible, dramatic story of his renewal of all things. He wants to make us part of his kingdom and the coming of this new age that God is bringing through Christ. But here's the deal. God wants your hearts to be fully devoted to him so that he knows you're a receiver. You're going to run the ball when he gives it to you. You're not just going to sit down and enjoy the fact that, ooh, look at me, I got the, I got the ball. That's what he's been after throughout human history. Second Chronicles 6, 16.9 reads this. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord. I love the old way the King James says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the earth. I'm like, that used to terrify me as a kid. I don't want to run into his eyes, you know. But here's that God is literally searching the whole earth looking for those whose hearts are are fully committed to him. I'm just curious. Where's your heart on this? Where's your heart on this? I mean, if I were if I were just to be honest and talk to you just person to person, man, would you say you're fully committed or just so-so? I mean, this is so very important, folks. This is like the big thing. This is like this is like the whole deal. 
is it are you going to follow Jesus or are you just going to be a spectator? You know the people that changed the world were not the ones that came up and got the re received all the good things. They were the people who took the good things and then determined to give them to others. It wasn't the people who received the forgiveness, who, the, who received their, their healing. It was the people who took that forgiveness and took that healing and then began to dispense it and became partners with Christ in bringing the kingdom and renewing our broken world. That's where the kingdom work is. It's not in sitting and listening to sermons, although we all need that. All of us. I need it. I do it throughout the week. But it's in picking up our cross and beginning to follow him and say, okay, where do I get this? How do I apply this? If you do that, you live the rest of your life as a fully devoted follower. You are going to know the adventure. And you're going to step into, off of the, the sidelines and into the field. And what would a fully devoted Christ follower do with a message from God? They take these things very seriously. Fully devoted followers, man, they realize major components of this adventure is learning to listen to the whispers of God and respond. I love this little story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. There's a little boy whose mother had waited her whole life to have a baby, finally had a baby. She, we, she kept going to the temple every year saying, God, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. I'll give him back to you. His whole life, he'll serve you. She finally was able to have a child. She did what she said. She gave him to the priests and say, here, you raise him and let him be a mighty man for God. And that's exactly what they did. And then we find in 1 Samuel, Eli, the head priest, has the little boy in his little station at night where he's sleeping and Eli the priest is sleeping in his booth and, and basically during the night little Samuel, just the little boy hears the, the voice Samuel Samuel of course he's a responsive little guy he gets up and he runs to the priest and goes yes Eli what did you want? and Eli startled, startled, he's like what do you want? what are you doing? he goes like you called he goes I didn't call you, go back to bed who goes back to bed again Samuel Samuel gets up and he runs to Eli uh, Eli you called I didn't call you go back to bed what's wrong with you gets back in bed third time does it again he's like kid what is what and then he realizes wait a minute something's going on said Samuel it wasn't me but go back to bed and if there's another call it next time you hear that voice say Yes, Lord, your servant's hearing, your servant's listening. He did. He goes back, gets in bed, and sure enough, the voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he goes, yes, Lord, speak, your servant's listening. Speak, your servant is listening. And from that moment on, a relationship was formed between little Samuel, who became the greatest priest and leader of the early movement of God. We call it, you know, the first kingdom that was when he was the first one to anoint a king over israel and he was their leader samuel developed a relationship with god that changed human history because he listened and he said yes lord speak your servant is listening i'm ready to respond i love that even as a little guy when i used to hear that story in sunday school man i was just like god could speak to me god speaks to little boys he doesn't just speak to grown-ups I, I heard that story i knew that god could speak to me and I knew that God could use me to do something good in the world and that became early on my inclination I wanted to be a part of that and that's what happens when God awakens your heart when when you get that sense that God is up to something I've not always listened to God's will I've not always said yes I've said a whole lot of times I don't have time for this I don't want to be bothered pick somebody else but I've had an awareness since pretty young age that God does speak to people and God wants to speak to you let me ask you this question who can hear from God? 
only certain people? Do we have to be priests? Do we have to be pastors? I mean, is it, is it just monks and religious people? Or who gets these? Let me just tell you, everyone everywhere can hear the voice of God towards salvation particularly. Acts 17.30 says, In the past God forgave all this because people didn't know what they were doing. But now he says that everyone everywhere must turn to him. He's talking to everyone everywhere. For God so loved the world is for everyone everywhere. God's speaking to everyone everywhere. Come to me. Turn away from the life that isn't life and come to me. The Bible teaches that God whispers to people who are in a seeking mode, the people who are discovery mode, people who are out there pursuing what, what is this all about. And some of you may be in that position. You may have been dragged here. You may be here out of curiosity. You may be here because you, you really need some changes and answers in your life. And I believe every one of you here has probably sensed at some point in your life a little inner voice or a prompting that was kind of like, I'm here. I'm real. I see you. In some way, in some fashion, that you've been prompted to open your heart to God and maybe open a little bit more and maybe be a little more responsive, maybe a little more open to what he's telling you. You've had an awareness that there's something going on. There's something more than me. It's like God's voice saying, I'm here. I'm real. I love you. I've paid the admission for your relationship, for your entrance into the life with me. I've paid it with the blood of Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You don't have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in that anymore, in that brokenness. You can have life. I paid for it all. It's not based on you. It's based on what I did. And everyone who's probably been nudged by God has to take a step one way or another towards it or away from it. And that's where some of you are today. You've stepped towards it, but you, you haven't gone all in. Some of you have literally stepped away from it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need that right now in my life. I've got too many complications. If you surrender your life to God, God's going to place His Holy Spirit in you. There's going to be an adventure beginning. That's, that's so powerful. God also speaks to followers. Jesus said this, My sheep know my voice, and I know them. They follow me. 1 Corinthians, Paul said, The man with, without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from God's Spirit. Why? Because they're foolishness, foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. God speaks to those with spiritual discernment. Who is that? People who have opened their hearts to him. People who have said yes to his nudgings. People who have said, yes, I want to receive the life you've given. Yes, I received that. But not only yes, I'm receiving. But yes, I'm receiving in order to dispense. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to be a part of your world. Every single believer has access to the promptings of God. Every single person who stepped into that relationship when God invited you. You have access to the promptings of God. So are you listening? Another question. How can I get hear God's voice more consistently? How do I get this connection with God going? Number one, ask. Ask Him to speak to you. I mean, just flat out say, God, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know how to begin this, so I'm going to just open my heart wide up, just like little Samuel, and I'm just going to say, speak, Lord. I'm, I want to be your servant. I want to listen. I want to begin a relationship, um, and I know I don't come to you first. You came to me, but... I'm responding with yes. Speak to me. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Jeremiah 29, 13. You'll seek me and you'll find me when you've searched for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I'll answer you. I'll tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. The Bible says God wants to speak. Ask. Then it then gets this part. Respond. <laughs> it's not enough to ask. It's not enough to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I want to be a part of it. I want to be in the game. I don't want to be in the stands. I want to be a part of this. 
You've got to make up your mind that you're going to approach God with humility and obedience. That you, no matter what he says, you're going to say yes to it. Here's the problem. See, God knows the position of your heart. And if he knows you're going to say no, he's not going to loan you all that you know, energy and time and, and effort. He's, he's not going to give that to you. He's going to wait for a person's heart that's receptive. <clears throat> I don't hear from God because you don't want to do what he's going to ask you to do. Sometimes that's my heart. He doesn't prompt me because he knows I'm in do not disturb mode. At a church I worked at uh, years ago, we had these phone systems that if you were in a meeting or whatever, you could put your phone on do not disturb because we had a large you know, team, a lot of things going on, a lot of people trying to bug you all the time. So you put your phone on do not disturb. Well, the funny thing was I learned you could put do not disturb and you couldn't get reached for days. Certain people on the staff would put their phone on do not disturb, forget it was ever on or do it on purpose, and they couldn't be, and so all the messages would go to another pastor. And this is, uh, this is how a lot of us feel. I don't want to be disturbed, so I'm going to let it go to another person. I'm going to let God kind of, you know, just go to the next guy in line. I'm not available. Why? I, I, don't, I don't want the complication. I, I don't need more trouble. I don't need more things to do. I don't want God asking me for my money. Whatever he's up to, I'm just like, man, I'm not sure. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm sure that you have a pretty good grip on your little world, but the one who put the universes in order... Keeping it all in balance right now. The oxygen level is perfect for you right here in this room. Temperatures, okay. Well, the one who created all that is saying, trust me. And you're like, nah, I figured out how to use my thermostat. So I'm pretty much in control now. I've just now figured out my iPhone, but I can control the universe. I've learned a new app, so I must be powerful enough to be in charge of my own life. You're saying you cannot trust the God who made you put the cells together, breathes life into you every single day. You can't trust him, but you can trust yourself. You can't even see your own self. You can't without a mirror. You don't even know what you look like. You need help for everything. Can't you trust God? You need a mirror just to say what you look like. Don't you think the Creator knows what you look like and where He wants you to go? I'm just saying that with us, response and humility and obedience is the only way to move from where you are to the place God wants you to be and the place you really want to be, which is in the middle of God's activity. Obedience. Casual Christians... They put on that do not disturb on their hearts. God, I'm not available. Don't call me. Call the next guy. Dave's available. That's what he does for a living. I don't want your leadings and input right now because I'm busy. Fully devoted Christ followers. Fully devoted. The ones whose hearts are fully his that we just read about. God's eyes are looking across the earth. He finds the one whose hearts are fully his and they're like, I'm ready. I'll do it. What do you want to do? Man, I'll rearrange my life. I'm going to rearrange my life so I can receive more of your promptings. I want, to, I want to be available to you. I want to do what you want done in the world. Lead me. This is close. I just want to tell you that this is where God wants all of us. This is where the adventure is. When you tune your, your heart in and you use all those tools to listen, those aren't the only ones. There's just six ways that we hear the voice of God. But when you say yes, God, before he even prompts you, before he even speaks, when your position is, I'm here to receive, I'm watching for your past, I'm ready to be a part, then you're the one who's going to get spoken to. You're the one who's going to get the prompting. When your heart is in a position that I'm ready to be a part, God, anything you want, I'm in. You'll be the one. As the band comes right now, I want to pray the prayer of A.W. Tozer as we close over you. Lord, teach me to listen. The times are noisy and my ears are weary with a thousand raucous sounds which continuously assault me. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he said, Speak, for thy servant listens. Let me hear. Let me hear you speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of your voice. 
that its tones may be familiar when the sounds of earth die away and when the only sound will be the music then of your mu the, the music of your voice speaking to me. God, I want to know your voice. I pray that you would be loudly, clearly speaking to me today and with everyone in the room today, I just am asking, are you the person who's ready to receive? Are you in a position to receive? Do you want to hear from God? Do you want that ongoing conversation? Do you want to be a part of what's up in the world? Or do you just want to attend programs and services? Your choice. The place to begin is to open your heart wide up to God and say, God, I'm all in. I want to give you my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love you. And from this moment, Lord God, I make myself available. I take off the do not disturb button and I say, God, I'm not only available, I'm going to find ways to position myself to receive more and more of your promptings. Use me. Speak to me. Your servants listen. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, stand with me. Next week, we're going to wrap up this series. We're going to wrap up our fast. I hope it's all going well. Let's worship together today as we prepare to head out.